Once upon a time in a remote city in Germany, Susie entered a famous dance academy to perform in the ballet. The academy is in a large gothic building filled with the most talented dancers in the world and the biggest secret in Europe. The large hallways cast shadows of something around the corner. The floorboards creak and hint that someone still wanders the halls after hours. The walls whisper and they howl warnings to Susie in her fairy tale now turned nightmare. This is It Records. Welcome all you creatures of the night. Uh, back to the It Records podcast. This is one of your hosts talking to you over the airwaves right now, Matt Johnson. Is it airwaves anymore or is it considered something else? I, I guess it would still be the airwaves or the internet highway. Is that what the kids call it today? I like it on the highway. I don't know. It has a nice ring to it. Yeah. So I get... It also sounded like you're asking a question. You're like, this is It Records? <laughs> yeah. I just had to check my notes again <laughs> to make sure the name of the podcast. Because you have, like, something... You got others. confused on what podcast it was because we made up so many spinoffs. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm backlogged in yeah, podcasts. Yeah, we, we had, like, talking Jersey Shore. We had, like, talking... Oh, that's right. ...other stuff. All the fake... I mean, real spinoffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And if you didn't pick up from my intro, we did the 1977 horror classic *Suspiria*, it's directed by Dario Argento. You wouldn't understand. It all seems so absurd. Again, because our first recording is lost forever. That's true. We actually recorded this almost a year ago, right? Around the anniversary of... It was very long ago. The release of the movie, correct? Yeah, it was like... It was the 40th anniversary, the day of our recording. February, it would have been. Yeah. And now we're back. So, over a year ago. But some audio troubles... 
Yeah, we're back to redo it. So even better than it was previously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it even is more prudent now, I would say, jumping ahead, because there's going to be a remake of this film <laughs> coming out in a few months, like three months or so. October, right? Like, technically November 1st, <laughs> but yeah, around Halloween. <laughs> Those fucking bastards not knowing <laughs> when Halloween is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So technically it comes out November 1st. On. But, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, is it on October 31st at midnight? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> but it, it's an Amazon production, this remake. So is it going to be in theaters or at all? is it just going to be released via Amazon? I guess it'll be in theaters because Manchester by the Sea. If you remember that, film. I was gonna say I was gonna say that Manchester by the Sea was in theaters. Yeah, and that was an Amazon. That was one of the first Amazon films, or at least first to be nominated for an Oscar. Amazon. Yeah, films. there's been a decent amount of them now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think The Room is another one, unless I'm misremember. Unless I'm misremembering that. It could be. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up because I feel like I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because it's on Amazon. It's on my Amazon watch list. That's, uh, it's which not, is, <laughs> not you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to confuse the two. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Which I also have not seen that movie. And I'm not talking about Tommy Rizzo's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, we're talking about... <laughs> I was like, that can't be what he means. I, I always do, too. <laughs> Now there's another. It's, there's Room, which came out in 2015, directed by Lenny uh, Abrahamson. Mm -hmm. And then you have The Room. <laughs> Completely opposite of uh, what I'm thinking of. It is not an Amazon movie. It's not an Amazon movie, no. and also not the movie again. Not directed by Tommy Wiseau, which is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. We can circle back to that remake, I guess, later and kind of give people the rundown of what Suspiria is if you aren't a big horror fan, which I'm guessing you might be if you're listening to a horror podcast. But it came out in 77. It's an Italian film directed by Dario Argento. Uh, and it's part of a trilogy that, that he made called The Three Mothers. And it follows Susie, an American ballet dancer who goes to a dance academy in Germany where some things seem a little bit off just from the, the get-go. Something doesn't seem right about this dance academy, and people are being picked off one by one. It's essentially Suspiria in a nutshell. Uh, based off Sound of, like you said belly dancer, but I feel like you meant ballet dancer. If I said belly dancer, I am sorry. She's a ballet dancer, not a belly dancer. She's a ballerina. That was a dumb, weird tangent. I'm not going to ask that question. It was about, ba Go. about ballets, but... Ask it. Ask it. Well, I was like, she's a ballerina, is what I wanted to say. But I'm like, are you... What can, when are you a ballerina? Like, if you're training to be, become a ballerina, are you a ballerina? Or are you just, like, a dancer who's training in the ballet? When do you become a ballerina? I used to, I used to do ballet. <laughs> oh, did, oh, perfect. I'm just kidding. I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I did ballet, but, like, and they 
Carlos Ballerinas. <laughs> I felt like they were saying that to be nice because we were like okay. six. So I don't actually know. I think like you know, you're just a ballerina, you know, if you want to be. Yeah, if you, I think I think that's accurate because this is how I assumed it too. There's no like levels. It. Yeah, it's not like it's not degrees of like be- black belt or something and like karate. However, you know, if you play the sugar plum fairy this... and the nutcracker, I feel like you've made it then. Yeah, like you're you. That's a ballerina. But like, if I'm just like hanging out, I put I'm to pull off some ballet moves. Would you call me a ballerina? <laughs> Are you doing it like? Wholeheartedly, <laughs> or are you mocking them? With all my heart, yeah, I want to perfect this dance. Then you're, then I'm you're a ballerina. Oh man, that just made my day. <laughs> well, perfect. I'm glad we settled that, at least on the podcast. Okay, but diving back into Suspiria, <laughs> it's it's loosely based off of. Well, two things. One, it's these essays that were written by, I believe, Thomas de Quincey is his name. And that it was also titled The Three Mothers. Uh, yes, Thomas de Quincey's 1845 essays. Um, and Suspiria is based off of Suspiria de Profundis, or Sighs from the Depth. Um, the other two are Mother of Tears, which is the movie called Mother of Tears that Dario Gento did. And Inferno by Dario Argento is Mother of Darkness. That's your loose trilogy. Either a lot of the... loose trilogies around that time. Mm-hmm. I don't think these other two, because yeah. personally I hadn't heard of them, and I definitely obviously haven't watched them. I don't think either of them seem to have made the impact that Suspiria has. I have, yeah, I had no idea That's that true. was a trilogy yeah. um, of any kind. And, yeah, it looks like Inferno was only three years after um, Suspiria, and then Mother of Tears was already 11 years ago. Had no idea. Yeah, it's supposed to be, like, the essay apparently was, like, the three main witches or that controlled Europe or something like that. And there was a Mother of Tears, Darkness, and Size. And so he wanted to make three horror films. And I would I would also agree Suspiria is probably the most recognized of the three, the better of the three. But I listened to an interview, which I, could, I can play on the podcast, of Argento. And he says Suspiria is not his best film. And he doesn't, he doesn't believe it's his best work. He believes Inferno is. Those are fighting words. <laughs> Yeah, Inferno or uh, what is it? Profundus coming... Russo, Deep Red. Yeah, Deep Red. Yeah, yeah. That's. I feel like that's the one. Okay, I could I could give him Deep Red because like that's the one that like a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. Suspiria, I feel like, is like for me. It was like the first Argento film I saw, so like it set the standard super fucking high, and like nothing really came close to that for me. But the Deep Red was close, and there were a couple other great ones. But for me, like, Suspiria, like, hit all the right marks for what I expected, and it exceeded my expectations for a crazy movie. 
Well, I agree. It was the first Argento film that I saw as well, and it it does set a high bar for for several reasons, as it's regarded as one of the the best horror, one of the best horror films of all times, and like whatever list you'll read, because of the use of I feel like color and the soundtrack are huge in this movie. They're like the first things that stand out to you. I mean, just the color alone is like so vibrant and like in your face every scene that it like it sets it apart a lot from other movies that I've seen because it's so because like usually they in movies they try and like hide it but this movie like they like it's like a focus of making it so obvious yeah it was the first not the first it was the final film to be cut in Technicolor um, and be produced um, and so it's got that really vibrant colors, you know, Technicolor has, like Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind, those types of colors. And you didn't really see them in horror so much as like fantasy, if you will. And mm-hmm. this this film does try to conjure up that super, supernatural element with that, with that color. And Argento said he wanted to use Technicolor because no one had used it to show subdued shades. They'd only used it for like bright, vibrant colors like Wizard of Oz, Yellow Brick Road, Emerald City, where he wanted to take those colors and show like the darker side, the the subdued side in a horror movie. I'm glad he did. Because <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of those shots, even though there's some some very grisly death scenes, they they seem very framed and staged, almost like. A painting a lot of them like every shot just the color and the framing um and like the building choice the set choices were all very deliberate a very deliberate vision is what argento was going for there's like certain scenes in a lot of argento films that like um that are very dramatic one specifically in suspiria is the one where the girl falls through the window and she's hung by like i guess not the extension cord, but like a cord, like a cord from a light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like so shocked the first time I saw it because I was like, "How the hell did that like even? How did he even do that?" There's always like mm-hmm. that scene that stands out in a Jonto film, and like there's like another one where like a guy gets hit by a train, <laughs> and I can't remember which one it is, and it's also like kind of like the same kind of like motion where like it zooms in. And then, like, you just see, like, the impact, like, so close. And then you're like, wait, well, how the fuck did he do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, a really good job of, like, that disorienting is maybe what that is. Where, like, he might lull you into a sense of, like, um, security or something. And then something just snaps. And a lot of that is also owed to the score, I think, of this film. When, when that kind of adds that secondary... That second layer of eeriness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, to to expound upon that point, I I heard a I read an interesting quote that somebody called this movie the inverse of Disney. Is what he was going for because he like <laughs> he wanted to make that Technicolor like fairy tale type vibe, but like you know in a horror film. So they called it the inverse of inverse of Disney based on that as well as the plot it's basically you know this this woman is going off into a, a new a new territory 
which is similar to a horror film, a foreign territory. And she meets these people along the way that are supposed to help her in, in getting her ultimate goal. And he wanted to do that, he said, but also he wanted to make those people seem antagonistic to Susie as much as possible. So, like, even though they might help her, they were also, like, <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they would make her slip up. So I thought the inverse of Disney was a, a good label yeah. for Suspiria. <laughs> I never, I never heard that before. Having yeah. heard that, I was reading yeah, that, that uh, makes a sense. Review. Like when I think of Madame Blanc in particular, I mean, by every sense of the word, she's friendly. You know, she's nice, she's welcoming, but nevertheless, Susie gets that unsettling, like, eerie feeling from her. You know, and that only continues to grow as the film progresses. So, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she could sort of be seen like the the white witch or whatever, because her name is Blanc, which is white, and it's supposed to seem mm-hmm. as like the guiding presence. But yeah, again, as you just said, you get that sort of eerie feeling that you know, I don't know if I should trust you, even though you seem to be caring about me. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like weird um, interactions in this movie that um, I didn't really pick up on until this most recent viewing. Especially when uh, my girlfriend Courtney pointed out that like there was like some BuzzFeed article about Suspiria because of the remake coming out that like the original was like Dario Argento wanted it like future children mm-hmm. and his dad who produced the movie was like no like do you want your movie to get like an NC seventeen or an X rating I guess back then um, like no one will go see your movie like if kids are being killed so he raised the age to like 20 year olds but he kept like the mentality of children Hmm. still prevalent in the plot which is like why like doorknobs are like really high yeah and like in the middle of like the door or there's like like how the scene that stands out to me about how it rings true is like when Susie is like drugged to fall asleep and then like her friend is like trying to count the footsteps like where are the adults going and then, like, they're so fascinated about, like, where they're going at night. Like, if they were truly adults, like, they wouldn't, like, fucking care. They wouldn't do yeah. anything. Like, I feel like only kids, like, like wild imaginations would, like, come up with, like, this, like, where do they go? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. <sighs> mm. They are up to something, but... <laughs> Right, yeah, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there was one thing I wanted to bring up about the style I thought was interesting that I noticed. Beyond the Color and the Soundtrack by Goblin, which is fantastic. And every time I watch the movie, I listen to that soundtrack. It's so good. (laughs) But um, was like the theme of um, sight and and like mirror mm-hmm. images or whatever like like what like the metaphor of going to find out more things looking deeper would lead to like something bad happening to the person or literally like looking in a mirror would like foreshadow something evil was going to happen where the first death scene we know she's looking out the the window yeah and she sees those eyes looking back at her and then she's she's killed and that was a prevailing theme of like, don't go looking for answers sort of a thing. Don't go looking for any deeper meaning. Um, 
what you see is what's actually happening. Don't go looking for deeper secrets within us. So I thought that was an interesting plot plot choice and thematic use of the camera. There's a lot of death by like smashing people's faces through windows in Dario Gento's movies. Yeah. Like even though they don't necessarily mm-hmm. die that way, I just feel like he always drags like a woman, especially through like a window. I don't know why, but yep. he just does. Mm-hmm. It's a staple of our gender. It kind of is. So, side note, do you think the remake is too long? Because this movie is only an hour and a half, and isn't the remake going to be three hours? The last I checked, I thought it was three hours. I'll double-check that right now, but... Yeah, I think that would be too like, long. Like, why? Why are they doing that? Like, It's going to be a lot more dialogue heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it's two and a half hours. Still, though, that's really long. Especially for a horror film. Like, The Shining yeah. is, like, really the only one that's, like, really good in that long. Yeah, and... Argento, I know, was pissed about hearing about the remake. I'm sure he is. Like, I I think I have the quote right here, actually, is what he said. The film had a specific mood. Either you do it exactly the same way, in which case it's not a remake, it's a copy, which (laughs) is pointless. Or you can change things and make another movie. In that case, why even call it Suspiria? Dario has spoken. So he's not happy about it. He's throwing some shade for sure. I mean, I get it. And, and that's like my initial thoughts. I, I get it too. It, for me, like, I'm not like the biggest fans of remakes, but if it's not like a great film and you remake it, like, that's fine, whatever. And it could be better. Some remakes could be better. But when you take, like, arguably one of, one of the better horror movies ever made and it's like really stylistic, you better for sure, like, know what you're doing because. <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe you'll make back your money because people want to go see it, but I don't know why we make a classic. I, like, I... It's really easy to shit on remakes, but I do like a lot of remakes. And, and like, I don't even mind it them remaking a great movie because there's... I like some, like, remakes of great movies that aren't as great as the original. And, I mean, sometimes it could be better, but that's not too frequent. But... Um, it's nice to get it for, like, people who aren't savvy in, you know, movies. Like, they just, like, see whatever they think looks cool. And it kind of brings it to, like, a whole new generation of fans, which I think is nice. But the thing that worries me the most mm-hmm. is that elite actress. Because I think she can't... She Dakota Johnson, I think her name is. I haven't seen her in anything, but I just feel like based off of, like, Fifty Shades of Grey and, like, how terrible they are, never seen it, but I don't think they're quality movies. They just make a lot of money. And her SNL, like, Mm. monologue is awful. (laughs) Uh, I feel like it's not gonna be good unless it's, like, unless she's, like, not talking, but then it's a two and a half hour movie, so she has to be talking. Right. And that's my thing. 
with it's two and a half hours, and I felt like the first one. It's a lot about atmosphere. Mm-hmm. This film, like, it's a very atmospheric film, and, and like supposed to get under your skin. It's very stylistic. That might wear some people thin if it's two and a half hours. And from the teaser trailer I watched, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of dialogue. It seems like a lot of brooding scenes of like angst and anxiety, which might wear thin at, at two and a half hours. Again, that's just from the teaser trailer. But I do love Tilda Swinton. I do love Chloe Grace Mortez. Chloe Grace Mortez, they're in it. And then Tom York is doing the soundtrack. So, they're trying. <laughs> I don't know. I think Jessica Harper is in some sort of... She has some sort of role in this movie, too. Yeah, I think I sure heard that. What. I think she's making a cameo. And that's that's Susie from the that's original. Cool. The main actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and speaking of cameos, Dario Argento made a cameo in the 1977 version of Suspiria. Yeah, where... Is that a, it's not his face. It's his hand. He's the... I believe it's the first killer when oh, he okay. kills Pam. It's like he's 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 the person who kills Pam. That's him. Yeah, no... Oh. That's kind yeah, of underwhelming. It's not actually okay. his face or anything. He's not like Alfred Hitchcock where you just see, like, oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, no. Not like that. But... Two, two notes of trivia then about the uh, actors and actresses. The Jessica Harper who played Susie turned down a role in Annie Hall with Woody <laughs> Allen to, to be in Suspiria. So so right yes. on to that choice. Even though Annie Hall's a good movie, like awesome. I mean, yeah. It wouldn't yeah. have been bad, you know. As mm-hmm. far as we know, Dario Argento is less of a weirdo than fucking Woody Allen. As far as we know, yeah. That's true. Currently. As much as I love Woody Allen movies, he's a fucking weirdo and has done mm-hmm. pretty terrible things. And Dario Argento mm-hmm. looks like a weirdo. <laughs> Makes weird movies. Makes weird movies, but as far as I know, he's <laughs> alright. <laughs> he's an okay guy. Yeah. <laughs> he does have that His daughter is a little weird. How he, I don't know, it's weird. He kind of sexualizes his daughter in a weird way in some of his movies. Yeah. Yeah. Probably to make money, but I digress. Who, who's his daughter? Asia. Okay. Who was dating... Uh, it's his wife. Oh my god, what's his name? The chef that died. Yeah, they were dating. Anthony Bourdain. When... Uh, uh, before he passed away which I was like what? <laughs> and he had such great shows I liked his show a lot on CNN for ra- random reasons what a random network to have a show but it was great mm-hmm. well before we wrap it up with our Defender Destroys, I was just going to say the co-writer of the film um, deserves some credit. We said uh, Argento, he wrote and directed it, but Daria Nicol- Nicolodia? Am I pronouncing that right? Nicol- Nicolodia? Nicolodia? 
Yeah, Nickelodeon. <laughs> or Nickelodeon. Also co-wrote it and co-wrote five other films with Argento. Was going to be the lead in this film before Jessica Harper. So, also had a, a hand in making Suspiria. Yeah. And the actors and actresses, several of them spoke different languages. Some were Italian, some were German, some were English. <laughs> That's crazy that to me. <laughs> I mean, it, it explains some of like the reactions in the scenes. That like you, they really don't know what they're saying. They're just like going <laughs> off of what the script says. <laughs> so, because they weren't like a, a trick that Dario Gento did in a lot of his movies is that he uh, didn't record audio like on set mm-hmm. or like because they they shot on location and like he usually yeah. went to like really noisy places because it was cheaper to film there and so like they would do the scene and everything and film it but then they would like record the dialogue later on yeah <laughs> like and like in the sound booth or whatever <laughs> that's really interesting so like everything is like yeah. dubbed <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I think with that we can mosey on into defend or destroy if y'all are ready for it. I don't know if you are. Oh, and I'm just gonna... While we do this, I'm gonna play out underneath us the soundtrack to this movie, because I know we briefly mentioned it, but I feel like it needs to be heard in podcast form to do it justice, so... You can hear it. <laughs> but we can't. Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the magic of editing. <laughs> All right, who wants to take it first? I will. Oh. All right. Um, so, I unmistakably love this movie. Um, you know, I find all the elements, such as, you know, it being less plot-driven and dialogue-heavy. Instead, it's more visual. It's a simple plot. Um, I've read it being quoted as an artistic nightmare come to life, and uh, I really like that description. And I agree with it. And I think that the exaggerated use of Technicolor really helps drive that home. And that, to me, makes it one of the most expressive horror movies I've ever seen. And uh, the way the director tells the story through his use of that color, in some ways, it says more than dialogue ever could. And I would recommend this movie to literally anybody. And that's all I have to say. I destroy this movie. I think it's Euro trash. <laughs> it's just art house film critics. They love it. No, I, I'm one of them, I guess. I love this movie. I defend it. Recommend it to everybody. I would echo a lot of things Lindsay said. Um, I really liked it because it was so artistic and stylish. Like the colors and the, the soundtrack first. The sound in general, just non-diegetic and diegetic. You can never really tell if it's in the movie or if they placed it like as a soundtrack because you don't really know there's like whispering going on it was a very um, tense atmospheric film uh, and I thought it was beautifully shot and it holds up as one of the greater horror movies uh, it's actually probably my favorite if not in like the top three for me ever horror films so I defend it <laughs> top three 
Whatever. This is, yeah, really random. Not top ten or top five, top three. Top three. It's my top, t it's my top two. <laughs> yeah. Um, I defended, I made it pretty obvious from the beginning. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what I could say about it or that it hasn't been said, but I even think for like a stylistic movie and how great it's shot, it doesn't come off as like an art house movie to me. So I feel like it's very accessible through a lot of people, even though it's like it doesn't make sense sometimes because there's like there's a lot of weird shit going on. But I think there's like enough there because it's short. It's an hour and a half. It's very pretty to look at. There's crazy shit going on. It keeps you attention pretty much a lot on the whole way because of how all that together with like the the weird atmosphere and the colors and the fucking horror. There's like a lot for there's a lot there. <laughs> so I think like a lot of people could enjoy this movie. That concludes this week of the It Records podcast. Thank you for tuning in for this week's Suspiria 1977. Be sure to check out, if you enjoyed this, the remake coming out. Because I definitely know I will be checking it out and voicing my opinions if I liked it or not. But until the next time, you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have our website. Get back to us. Let us know what you think of the podcast or what episodes you'd like us to do. We'll be getting blog posts out to you real, real soon. Because we're writers over here. But until next time, <laughs> I'm Matt Johnson, and I remain in the shadows. Come on, Lindsay, what do you got? <laughs> um, I'm Lindsay Clark. Bye. Short, sweet, I like it. Uh, I'm Peter Hansen, and I got nothing for you today. <laughs>